Hey, Hoth, why don't you start the episode? Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, for those of you who listen to the show on a very regular basis, I apologize for the late episode. Uh, I think when I initially started Obscure Chatter, um, I tried to do a release at the beginning of every month, and that just hasn't been happening. You know, schedules are fun. But thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. So, hi, I'm Terry Doty. Welcome to another episode, a holiday special episode of Obscure Chatter, where I probably fail at attempting fail at attempting? Do you? I don't know. We can think about that later. But I'm going to do my best to stay on the topic of just the holidays, good Christmases, mostly, if I can think of more than a couple. 36, that's kind of sad, isn't it? Um, and uh, I did ask for questions, but not religiously. Again, if you ever have an inquiry for the show, you can message at Obscure Chatter on Twitter or through perpetuallyoffbeat at gmail.com. Let's see. So a little recap. Since we've last spoken, um, since we last collaborated together, one, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We just were honest and open, and that's how I want to stay. So I, I guess that's why I note that I will do my best to keep things upbeat, because, hell, I'm recording this on Christmas Eve. Ho, ho, ho. Um, that just sounds more green giant than Santa. But maybe I don't have... I don't know. I'm not that good of a voice actor. Ask trolls on Twitter that are definitely blocked by me. But, uh, anyways. Um, ah, uh, Stephen and I have been very, very lucky and been stupid, stupid busy, um, both as a writer and as an actor for me and him as a producer, director, engineer, just all around renaissance man. Um, and so, yeah, the, the podcast definitely took a backseat, um, which I appreciate you guys understanding that. Uh, but it's, oh my God, it's been kind of crazy, good and bad crazy. Uh, as well as, yeah, just trying to figure out, are we doing anything for Christmas? Uh, like, we had noted, I think both of us on Twitter, or maybe just me, like, for Thanksgiving, obviously, that kind of sucked. Because, you know, the apocalypse, one of them, a apocalypse, we'll go, we'll go Buffy with that. Um, an apocalypse, there's always an apocalypse. Or is that supernatural? Again, tangent. But, no, what I guess I'm I'm still kind of grasping with is not spending time with friends and my found family and the occasional actual relative. I don't hate all of them. Uh it uh my in-laws especially, you know, David and Karen and their two kids are still in China and hearing the way they're living compared to the way we're living Sometimes it's really easy to hate on David and Karen. They seem like they're doing a lot better than we are, which I'm grateful because my niece and my nephew um, were getting really cute photos. So that's helping a lot. But uh, my in-laws are definitely down because, you know, they don't get to spoil their grandkids and 
bug Hoff and I about having kids. And um, one thing that I'm not used to is... (laughs) This is kind of sad. I'm not used to relatives wanting to see things that I've done. <laughs> uh, and we can get into that in another episode, but nobody really cares what I do in my family. So it's like, oh, put on an episode of uh, what is it that you directed? Or what is it that you're in? Oh, my gosh, I've, uh, I've actually heard of that. Or, you know, just family stuff that... Uh, I'm just not accustomed to seeing even uh, Judy. Sometimes she's like, you know, I'm going to get lost, but um, tell me about this show. <laughs> and it'll be like, well, there are um, humanoid motorcycles and ballerinas enjoy uh, actually have a natural ability to ride on them. It's specifically this ballerina, <laughs> you know, um, but I miss that. I miss the vibe. And um, last Christmas, I'll be honest, it, it, was not great. Hoff and I did our best, but um, it was a hard Christmas. Uh, we tried to implement some some new traditions for us, like uh, recovery of an MMO junkie. The first episode was the first time that I'd ever been exposed to the idea that in Japan, um, around Christmas time, they're really into fried chicken. That is likely a generalization, but I had to have that explained to me why in the first episode, Moriko is in the checkout line and she looks at, you know, a little rotisserie area and there is a chicken, uh, a chicken drum with a ribbon on it and it's Christmas chicken. And Clifford had to explain it to me, uh, the director, and then Natalie Hoover was like, oh, and she gave me this whole rundown for it. But I really, uh, I read up on it and I got really interested in it because for the longest time, I don't know about your family, but Christmas dinners or lunches or whatever the hells are typically just a Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving part two. And (laughs) uh, I was just fucking sick of it because I love Thanksgiving food, but I like it once a year. So... Uh, I mean, hell, I don't think we had, I think we'd already done our episode for November. Stephen and I did very bare bones Thanksgiving. We usually go all out, you know, fresh ingredients, blah, blah, blah. But we did a lot of easy peasy stuff and it, it was nice just for the two of us. Uh, And it was also the, uh, (laughs) my father-in-law, he's always tried to get us to just get KFC for Thanksgiving, he's always tried to get us to just do KFC. And we're like, no, Ed, this. And so Thanksgiving, he was alone because Judy is now um, being taken care of by specialists. Uh, Ed just sent Stephen, you know, a text. He's like, I'm having KFC today and I'm having KFC tomorrow. <laughs> but the thing is, KFC isn't open on Thanksgiving. So what... Ed clearly did was he bought it the day before and just waited or bought enough that it lasted him a couple of days and like, Hey dude, whatever makes you happy. And he's, it was delicious. (laughs) Just such a rebel. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we, uh, we're doing fried chicken. Uh, it's our second year trying to do that. And I really like that. And we always have, a. 
like a good luck New Year's thing, but it did so well for us last year that we're considering changing the menu. <laughs> you know, for reasons. Uh, but that won't in any way be reflective of Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. Uh, uh, but yeah, we now we're just kind of enjoying a little bit of time off because like I said, Steve and I have been pretty busy. Luckily, we've been able to collaborate on the most major of the projects and I can't wait to tell you guys about it. Is it anime? Is it a video game? Is it, you know, something else entirely? Or maybe it's just a 30-hour-long industrial that I'm going to keep sharing about how to operate a new forklift. Voiceover is amazing. (laughs) But uh, we decided instead of doing presents, we would donate to organizations. Um... And also friends that are in need. Uh, we're uh, If you're local to the uh, Tarrant County area, which is where Stephen and I are, we've been locating to the Tarrant County or the Tarrant, I forget what it's called, like Tarrant County Food Bank or Tarrant Regional Food Bank. But uh, they're an organization that's really been helping out a lot with uh, people that need help um, with just food starvation or food starvation that's so stupid being having to make choices that nobody should be having to make right now as far as what they can and can't afford to keep their families fed uh and there's also the arlington shelter program that helps uh not just the arlington area but most of the surrounding north texas area um as far as um just uh those that currently don't have a home or just currently misplaced again because so many people are having to you know make difficult choices whether it's moving or figuring out what to do when they're being forced to leave their home uh but all of that um it's just a little bit and trying to pay it forward because like I said I I know that I I and several like me you know rather than talk about uh the little inconveniences of not being able to go into blah 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 or I can't go here which there are those people we're just focusing on the fact that we're very lucky and I hate to admit this but I will admit this and a lot of other voice actors and people in voiceover and just the entertainment industry that don't require one-on-one interaction, we've actually gotten busier. I've had a full home set up for a number of years and just moved to a whisper room a couple of years prior to now, and I'm pretty busy, and it feels wrong. Uh, I've said no to some work. I've been pitted against other voice actors in terms of work, uh, where there was a, I'd say, client, but um, I said no. And then I also sent out a mass text and warned some friends. Uh, there was someone that had messaged me personally, not through my agent or anything, and said, you know, we would really love to work with you on this. Uh, 
And I said, sure, uh, we can talk about it more. Here is my rate. And also, if you're not uh, certain about, like, talking to me one-on-one, here's my agent's information, blah, blah, blah. Because uh, sometimes the agent is just a nice, like, additional party to kind of fight for you. They represent you as much as you represent them. And uh, it's it's when it's a good agent, it's nice. I've had a really bad agent, too, that I didn't feel comfortable adding into a conversation. Uh, but they said, well, we're also thinking about this person who was someone younger in the industry and also someone that... <sighs> I just, um, I, I personally knew a little bit about. So they said, well, so-and-so is willing to work for this amount. And your rate seems like a pre-pandemic rate. So they were basically saying, we're willing to screw over your colleague uh, if we can work with you. So what I did instead was say, no, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. So-and-so is great. And then let so-and-so know that their rates are too low and what they tried to do. Uh, and I think so-and-so still took the gig, but I don't blame them. Blame her. And yeah, uh, outside of that, it's I've been very lucky. Um, both as a, as a writer, I've been editing a lot of manuscripts and scripts, doing uh, some punch-ups and all that, which is not fun. Uh, There is a potential gig that I've been in talks for that isn't voiceover, and that would be really crazy if I got it. If I didn't, it's kind of crazy just to be considered for such a really cool gig. Like, wow, I forget. (sighs) I've been doing this for a while, and it's nice to be considered for some really cool shit and be like, oh, that's right. Imposter syndrome is real. (laughs) Um, I deserve good things. Damn it. But yeah, so we try to donate. (laughs) Getting back to people that aren't me. Um, We try to donate when we can, but the big, I'm going to be real, the big kicker, the big kick in the fucking nuts is is seeing other friends go through losing loved ones from COVID, as well as people we adore struggling with diagnoses and diagnoses, excuse me, and just having to make some of the most insane decisions nobody should be having to make right now. Uh, The biggest one, which I will check, I believe her GoFundMe is still going, uh, is... uh, Someone who made me see where I belong. Uh, My freshman year was the same year as this woman uh, starting full-time teaching for the first, you know, for like sent like straight out of finishing her degree and everything. Uh, So my freshman year was her freshman year too, basically as a theater arts teacher. And she was immediately just someone that I admired. I thought she was gorgeous. Uh, I admired her confidence. um, And she was an actor, still is. Um, Just this brightness is so contagious, and it always has been. Uh, Her name is Angela Stidham. 
She's uh, been teaching and still teaching. She's moved around to different schools. She doesn't teach at the high school that we met at, which was Sam Houston High School in Arlington, Texas. Um, but, you know, uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but I've since, you know, I graduated uh, Angela. It's really hard to call her Angela. We would say Miss Stidham or Stidham. Angela and I became friends, which I realize now we were friends even in when I was in high school. You know, she helped me see a lot of stuff. She was also a full-figured lady. I've always struggled with my identity as someone who uh, I've never seen myself as correct. Um, And just like, oh, well, you know, when I lose this weight, I will be perfect. And Blah, blah, blah. And this woman was living just loud and beautiful all the fucking time. And she was my size. Uh, if not a, a little bigger or whatever, I don't care. Uh, she's slipped down a lot since then. She's looking fucking like all Jessica Rabbit, fucking huge, um, larger than life, beautiful. And I don't know. Uh, It started making me question a lot of uh, my body image issues, which are always going to be a thing. But we did community. She pushed me to do community theater in high school, did a few plays together, like Lady Dracula, Win in the Willows. Uh, I was her stage manager for a couple of times. And then uh, now when I go visit her high school, um, I speak for the day to her classes and it's kind of insane to be there and people be like, uh, you were her first student. And that's when you realize like, oh, we're only like eight years apart. And she went to college with my friend, Mike McFarland and uh, other friends are like Caitlin Glass is like, I know Angela. I'm like, ah, God, the world is so small, especially if you're in theater. Um, but uh, she, I, I kind of hadn't touched base with her. Um, the last time I'd spoken to her was in April and, uh, she was very vague, but just kind of saying like, I'm going through some stuff and I'm like, well, you know, if I can help or if you need an ear or whatever, let me know. Uh, and I found out that she'd been and still is battling breast cancer, which, is insane. She happened to be just hanging out with her dad and they'd been on a trip and her dad had noted that she had been seeming a little off and with the pandemic, she kind of chalked it up to COVID um, and then went in and found out that it it was something that should she also get COVID could kill her. Uh, And it hurts because so many people just don't understand when you see, like, I kind of consider myself kind of whatever. I have it on my banner. When you meet me, I've got like a tall banner that one of the like keynotes, I'm like, I'm a bossy pants. I'm an actor. Da, da, da. One of them is cynic. I am incredibly cynical, but I just... I've always been in awe of her. Um, She was kind of like 
uh, a mom in a lot of ways. She helped me see where I belonged. Like, I'm an actor because of this woman. Um, and she's just such a dear friend. I love her so much. So it hurts. It really does hurt. So uh, she does have a GoFundMe that I'll try to provide a link for on the episode description. And if not, please keep, uh, if anything else, please keep her in your thoughts. If you're a praying type, I guarantee you that it's also appreciated. Um, But if nothing else, hold the people that you can a little tighter and tell them how much they mean to you more. Don't wait for something bad to happen to them uh, to remind them that they're special to you. So that, that there's a lot to reflect on this holiday season, obviously, outside of just the immediate tangible stuff. I've seen I'm seeing a lot of friends struggling with their uh, their addictions, their just family <laughs> and just their lives. It's an insane time. So this I've been um, trying to be more mindful of my friends and try uh, also take I I've been trying to do better at keeping up with people and not just through social media. If anything, I uh, oh, yeah, I deleted TikTok and I deleted Instagram. Um, Those just became too anxiety inducing. And that's from someone who still has Twitter. But Maybe I'll regret it after the pandemic is over, but I don't think I will. Like, a weight has definitely been lifted, and I'm holding—Stephen uh, kind of inspired me to do it. Um, he just We just found ourselves just at one point—our uh, free time is very limited right now, and we had spent two hours each scrolling through our phones, not talking. And when we realized that, we both deleted TikTok. It— it was an easy decision and, um, you know, just texted the friends that I needed to text or message the friends I needed to message before I deleted uh, Instagram. Like, hey, I'm getting rid of this. And they're like, oh, is everything okay? Like, yeah. I mean, I still get a lot of hate and everything from randos that really feel that they're entitled to my time. But honestly, the biggest thing is I just really fucking hate that Instagram is tied to Facebook. I left Facebook for a number of reasons. And whenever I said, hey, I'm leaving Facebook, someone went, yeah, uh, if you still have Instagram, you know, da-da-da-da-da. I I didn't say that I was getting rid of it for any specific reason other than I just hated it. (laughs) And then other social media stuff came too. But my gosh, And then, yeah, I just, there was one really condescending post, and I know that this person didn't mean for it to be condescending. Someone went, rather than just delete your stuff, why don't you just take a break from social media? Like, I, rather than make this post, you can know that you don't know my story and just know that I'm deleting Instagram let it go. Um, it's been nice guys. Like, Oh my God. Whenever I take photos, I take them specifically just for me. 
Uh, or like my dude, I take way too many photos of my dog. I did with Will. I did with Zoe. I will with Willow. Whoever Willow's sister will be after this, I have a problem. I take a lot of photos of my dog, and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> Please consider, you know, rather than. Well, it's kind of late, isn't it? Because it's Christmas Eve when I'm recording this, and I'm hoping that it'll also be released today. But it might be released on Christmas Day. So I'm sure so many of you are actually listening to this on Christmas. Sarcasm. But (laughs) please consider, rather than buying a bunch of gifts, to help out people that might need a little leg up. And, you know, if not, that's cool, too. I ain't mad at you. So, what else? What else is going on? Holidays. Um, talking about holiday movies. We did have a question. And the only one that I can... I think we only got one. Which is fine. You guys are still awesome. I still love you. so much. Oh, God. Where is it? Where? Okay. Let's see here. Oh, no. And then I also put a bunch of like, hey, do-do-do. So uh, the one that we got from Joey Hickman, which Joey, I really appreciate whenever you um, submit stuff. It's pretty fun. But favorite gift idea you've had? I think for the longest time, my mother did this, um, uh, where... It's just, hey, so-and-so needs this, so we'll get this for them. I lately, I think it was Tatum that gave me this idea. He's like, I don't want someone to get me something because they feel obligated by a holiday or a birthday. I want someone to just be about their lives, see something, and think of me. That's what I want. Um, And I've tried to adopt that. So when I see something that makes me think of somebody, I'll buy it and then hold it (laughs) until, you know, their birthday or holiday. Unless I'm really impatient and really impatient with Steven. I'd be like, hey, here are all your Christmas gifts and uh, Thanksgiving hasn't even happened yet. Um, But gift idea wise, I'd say it was probably for uh, my friend Christy, which was Um, I got this idea from a creative writing class, which was, I am a basic bitch in a lot of ways. I love boxes, you know, those tiny little like state, oh, it's supposed to be a stationary box. I'm like, whatever. No, it's not just, I need a box. uh, Steven still does not understand. He's like, we could throw this garbage away. No, that's a good box. Don't throw it away. Um, but I found this cute little, like, keyboard, uh, this box that was made out of keys and, uh, like, actual, like, keyboard keys and, uh, dyed all these funky colors. Um, I was like, it could be a jewelry box, but I don't know. And I just knew, like, I had seen it and thought of my friend Christy. Uh, and Christy had been kind of playing with the idea of writing poetry, So I got this general idea from a creative writing class and then went, like, I guess a step further, which was I cut out, like, buzzwords from magazines, uh, you know, made them individual, threw them into the box, 
and then wrapped it and gave it to Christy, which was the idea was you're supposed to snag just a group of words, lay them out, and create a poem using just those words. Uh, you know, like filler words and stuff you can put in. And uh, just seeing what an opportunity sets in motion like that. Just a tiny little thing where your creativity is forced to interact with words that you may or may not often use. And that's just always been uh, one of my favorite things. I, I wish that I've, I could do it, uh, that I've done it. Oh my God, guys, I've been recording so much. I think I'm losing my blurg. Uh, <laughs> I wish that I could do it more, but I just, I haven't felt, I, I felt like that was a really big Christie gift. Uh, so I haven't done it since then. Maybe Christie's the only one that will ever get that. But uh, I'll say like the funniest little like, oh, cute thing was Stephen, you know, we we mentioned in his episode, uh, as well as others, uh, that he, uh, he's a hunter and he really, really needed a good watch. So for one Christmas... We set budgets for ourselves, like, hey, don't spend more than this. And he's like, please don't spend more than this. And we kind of set that and fill in that budget however we want, however much or however little, with that being, uh, there being a limit to how much we can spend. Um, and we made it a whole three days into December before we decided to exchange gifts and closed our eyes and hand, you know, like had a handout, closed our eyes, and then handed each other the gifts. Because God forbid we actually wrap a fucking gift, Stephen. <laughs> we just don't do it. Uh, or it's like by the time I've wrapped it, I've already made the decision that I'm giving it to him tonight. You know, and it's like Black Friday or something. Um, I think if we had kids or we really did like big gift exchanges that we would be better at wrapping, but we just, we just aren't, uh, maybe someday, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we handed each other gifts, eyes closed and <laughs> I'll be real. The thing I was holding was very lean and it was a hard box and Stephen was like, do you know what it is? Both of our eyes are still closed. And I went, did you get me a, a vibrator? <laughs> He's just busting up. He's like, no, Jesus. Um. <laughs> and so we opened our eyes and we'd each given each other a watch. I'd really wanted the the Apple Watch. Just don't judge me if you if you hate on the Apple Watch. I understand it can look a little derpy sometimes, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd each given each other a watch. We just laughed till we cried about that. Like it was just a very like that seems like a very rom com thing to to do. But uh, he got like a Hunter watch by Alpha, and um, that just helps him triangulate shit. I don't know, <laughs> a bunch of other stuff. He's like, oh, it has this too. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All the research that I did was very much like, I'm reading Hunter like sites and they're like, oh, you you want to go with this one? I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. And Oh, but remember that if you do this, like, yeah, to I totally thought about that. Can you please just give me a fucking watch so I can get out of here? Um, 
But yeah, that was a really cute one. Uh, and I was actually talking to Stephen about this the other day, but I had a I I had an epiphany that the um one of my things is he uh, I was like, what's your favorite gift that you got as a child? And Stephen mentioned the Atari system. Uh, wow. Uh, he's like, did you get video games and stuff like that? And I'm like, I don't think we really did. We got a lot of hand-me-down stuff that just kind of appeared in the house. Um, which I don't like to think too much about how it just appeared in the house. Uh, like, what's this? Are we robbers? (laughs) But, um, I'd say that we didn't, my brother and I didn't really start getting, like, cool gifts that I can recall until after my parents divorced. And that's when I realized a lot of these gifts were spite gifts. Gifts that really weren't about my brother or me at all. It was about like a, look what I got our kids. Look what I got our kids. (laughs) But the most fuck you one was um, when my dad lives in South Texas and my mom actually had just recently moved us to Arlington uh is it was um i know that it was when i was really getting into buffy because like i got like a buffy style jacket which i was uh, obviously i was obsessed with buffy fashion um but oh my god uh i got this really cool my stepsister got this really cool like buffy coat uh like like very sleek you know kind of trench coat that was leather and i got this kind of cool like vinyl thing and i oh god i loved it and then i also showing my age i got a three disc changer stereo oh my god that's insane and then i got something that at the time i was like i wonder what about me made dad think that i needed this but it was a giant pink moose that was bigger than me (laughs) uh like comically big it was so soft basically uh, i think at the time i was either 13 or 14 um i'm gonna guess 13 because if it was when buffy like i was just getting to buffy and there was a brief time when my father and i weren't talking which was shortly after this i think uh that's a whole other story but i want to say yeah like that was kind of I don't know. There was there was a moment in junior high where my mom was kind of like, "You need to stop wearing Looney Tunes shirts. Uh, start dressing a little a little sharper." Which now, thinking about it, I'm like, "Fuck that! I'm wearing t-shirts now. I'm 36 years old. I will buy t-shirts." I think what I'm wearing now is almost exactly what I was wearing in high school, and I really like to think of me myself as an old lady still wearing a hoodie, chucks, uh t-shirt that may or may not be ironic um that i'm going to be pissed that uh you're focusing too much on the font that's around my breasts wherever my breasts will be when i am an old woman and jeans uh that's a very terry outfit but (laughs) i i thought it was great but it was a really inconvenient moose um and uh my stepmom uh, okay, I keep saying stepmom, stepbrother, stepsister, um, but um, my dad was never married to this woman, but they were together for a number of years, and um, my stepsister and I were very close. We were only a year apart, and 
uh, yeah, like, we, we were just very much dorks together. <laughs> so, it, they, you know, they were never married, but, you know, they were still stepbrother, stepsister, stepmom. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was just an insane kind of gift that I just didn't get. But my stepmom worked for Southwest Airlines, and when we got on the plane, at this point in air travel, you could still be walked to the gate by your family. That wasn't going on the plane with you. My brother and I flew a lot alone, which now looking back on it, I'm like, oh my god, if I had a 13-year-old and I was like, yeah, enjoy the plane alone, oh my god! Being a latchkey kid was quite, quite a journey, y'all. <laughs> I think it was that John Mulaney thing. He's like, I grew up just a little before people started giving a shit about kids. You know, just that, just that little window. But um, there was a third ticket. There was a third ticket. And I wondered why there was a third ticket to go back home. And I realized it was for the moose. And I'm like, oh, well, we could have, I guess I could have packed the moose somehow. It was already a heavy load back from Christmas because of the stereo and all my brother's stuff. My brother got like some really cool Power Ranger stuff and that I secretly knew that I was going to steal from him at some point. <laughs> I really loved the Power Rangers. Um, loved. I love that I'm saying that in past tense. But... We get off the plane. My mother is there. My mother at this time drives a Mazda MX-6. Isn't that a great car for a mother with two kids? And a three-part stereo and other Christmas presents and a giant moose. She looked at that thing and she went, the motherfucker. <laughs> and I still didn't really connect it till later. I'm like, oh, that was just a have fun driving this home. Yeah, heartless bitch kind of moment that I guess a, an ex-husband, <laughs> oh, only an ex-husband would think of. I don't know. Um, my mom actually tried to convince me to leave the moose at the airport because it wouldn't fit. Um, so what ended up happening, and obviously I'd like to think my dad did not think of this, but the moose had to basically be put in a seat and then I had to sit with the moose. Um, it was not a comfortable ride from Love Field back to Arlington. Uh, uh, I don't remember what happened with the moose. If anyone knows anything about finding another giant pink moose that uh, is the size of me, so roughly 5'10", uh, let me know. Uh, I will settle for a, a crocanana a giant crocanana, which I was planning on getting this year. That's like, again, like a six foot long crocanana. Help me out here. That would be great because I've got all the other sizes, but I would settle for that. But if you could help me find a giant pink moose, I have no idea what happened to that moose. I'm pretty sure my brother just cut him open one day. Uh, you know, but by then the moose had already cerned it uh, already, you know, served its spiteful purpose. <laughs> Isn't that something? Uh, if you're a child of divorce, I really hope that you're laughing at this and not going, that's really sad. <laughs> and if you're 
you know, someone that had parents that still loved each other when they were a kid. What was that like? <laughs> oh, trauma. So let's see. Uh, <laughs> what other questions do we have? Oh, I wanted to talk about uh, three movies that are either watched on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or leading up to New Year's. But um, I've posted about this movie so many times on Twitter, but it's it's still not enough. It's a 1996 Rennie Harlan movie. Rennie Harlan did Die Hard 2, which he got the gig from doing, like, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. He directed that. Uh, Rennie Harlan, at the time, I think, was married to Gina Davis, but Gina Davis stars in The Long Kiss Goodnight. It's got her, Samuel L. Jackson. It is my diehard. It is a beautiful, just sometimes cheesy. Yeah, there are moments where you're like, okay, but you can do that with Die Hard, too. Uh, (laughs) It's a great movie about a woman that has amnesia. It's Christmas time, and she gets into an accident, and that's when she starts remembering that she's a spy. You guys. (gasps) Maybe she'll find out the name of, uh, you know, who her baby daddy was, because she woke up with no memory. But she was pregnant. (gasps) Guys, it's an amazing movie. I'm underselling it so fucking much right now. I mean, how often do you get a chick just driving a semi-truck that is loaded with explosives and her daughter, but she doesn't know that at the time? Or maybe she does. I don't remember. And saying, suck my dick. That's amazing. That's an amazing film. And it was before people kind of stopped using Gina Davis. This was before the travesty that was Cutthroat Island. Give it a watch other flicks to watch. Obviously, they're Scrooged with Bill Murray. Great film. Uh, uh, I love it so much. And maybe it's because I was an 80s baby. Because sometimes I talked, like I was talking to Steve about Christmas Vacation. And he's like, I think that was a little bit before like, you know, my time. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Because I know what a dick Chevy Chase is, but I still watch it. Um... And I love Steve Martin, Martin Short, the John Candy movies. I I have to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles every Thanksgiving. Uh, and John Candy's laugh will always get me. Uh, it's, oh my gosh, nostalgia bomb. And then, of course, there's Krampus from the same guy that brought, brought us Trick or Treat. Krampus is just dark comedy. Adam Scott, Tony Collette bunch of working actors, but it's, oh, it's got some beautiful animation sequences. It's good, creepy holiday fun. We're going to try some new uh, holiday movies tonight and tomorrow, like the the redoing of Black Christmas that came out either the beginning of this year or it was, I think it was last December. Um, I've heard so-so things about that. Uh, What's another one? I don't know. I've already watched Die Hard. Um, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight is tomorrow. And Scrooge is tomorrow. I forget what else is tonight. And we watched Batman Returns last night. Which sometimes is a film dork. I'm like, this is a really weird Batman movie. But Michelle Pfeiffer exists in a cat suit in that movie. So I don't care. Um... 
Yeah, books. Um, I'm starting it today and hopefully finishing it tomorrow, but it's The Afterlife of Holly Chase by Cynthia Hand. It's a great twist on the Scrooge mythology, being that this girl, you know, is shown, you know, her past, present, and future if she doesn't change her ways. And she doesn't change her ways, and she dies. So she becomes a part of the Scrooge organization, which is, you know, an organization of dead people and spirits that elect a Scrooge every year and try to save them. And now she's part of that organization. It's a great book. Um, Some people are hit or miss about it, but it's got some YA feels and it made me cry at points. I, I like I like a holiday read sometimes. Uh, other times I'm like, oh god, we get it. Um, and then watching, uh, been watching like holiday episodes of like, Supernatural, Friends. It it's all fun. But yeah, I had other stuff, but I wasn't planning on rambling the way I did, which isn't that always the way. Uh I really, I really, really, really hope that you guys are staying safe out there. There are definitely people that I even personally know that upset me about the way that they're approaching this. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's the holidays. I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> uh, mutations that are coming out and everything. They, uh, they're like, oh, wait, it's Christmas. Carry on. I'll, I'll wait here. I, or, uh, I was total TMI, but, um, not TMI. It's not disgusting. Fuck off. Terry from a few seconds ago. I was at the liquor store the other day and I saw a woman with an emotional support parrot, which no judgment. There was a little bit of judgment because she wasn't wearing a bra. She was taller than me. And it was me and all the other basic bitches that were looking at uh, the Irish cream section. Uh, and this chick comes in. And she knew what she was fucking about. She grabs two bottles of this Irish cream. It's not Bailey's. They didn't carry Bailey's. Um, Bailey's is, is too on brand for the Irish cream section. Um, she grabs two bottles with her parrot. But, okay, her parrot was secure. Her mask wasn't. It was hanging hanging under her nose, which, dear God. But it's like, whatever, just stay away from me. Um, And I, I will admit, I've been definitely a little weird when I do go out. I didn't want to go out, uh, be out for too long, but I did want to get, like, I want to make some holiday drinks. Like, I, I make a mean hot toddy, a dark and stormy. I love bourbon and rum is what I'm telling you. Uh, But this woman, you know, grabs her two things. She looks at me and the two other girls that are waiting for her to move so we can get our Irish cream or consider it because I ended up not getting some because of this woman. Um, She went, what's going to happen? She looked at us like she's like, my audience, what's going to happen here is I'm going to get home. I'm going to open this, put a straw in it, and that's my day. (laughs) She's like bobbing her head, and this parrot with her is bobbing to it, too. Like, he's in time with his owner. 
emotionally and physically and spiritually, I'm guessing. And um, right when she tries to move, she uh, hits her cart into a stack of uh, boxes. And I went, oh, like that. <laughs> I make stupid, like, fucking high school cafeteria sounds. Someone gets pushed. Like, oh, I'm that dick. But <laughs> she took that as a, oh, we're friends now. And she went, do you know about this? And da-da-da. And just started grilling me about this liquor that this uh, that's made by this former Dallas cowboy. And I asked her to be more specific. Um, I don't know why. Uh, and then she started following me with her mask poorly in place and her parrot talking about vodka. <laughs> it finally got to this point where I'm like, oh, I have to check out. Uh, and she went, oh, yeah, me too. And I went, oh, I forgot something. And I hid behind some Topo Chico's until she left. That that was my holiday in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> was it worth it? Was the rum? Was the bourbon worth it, Terry? And I would argue yes. But the way she wore her mask, I would argue, um, is stupid. But, you know, here we are. She had an emotional support parent. I didn't. I'm pretty sure she had the higher ground, like, legally. <laughs> and with that random little snippet, I'm going to leave you guys. Uh, Steven and I will be taking off January and February because of our current workload. I really hope that you guys understand that. Uh, we will be back in March with a new episode. Uh, probably still solo, which there might be a revamp of the website and such to kind of reflect the, the newer Obscure Chatter, which is just me, a microphone, and a mystery movie or television episode. But... Um, I hope you guys are, again, I hope you guys are staying safe and that you're finding a way for the bright bits to make it in with all the darkness surrounding it. I really love you guys. Please stay safe. Happy holidays. <sighs> Eat good shit. Drink good shit. Watch good shit. Mwah.